The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey guys, the show's currently on break until the new year, but we've got plenty of classic episodes to tide you over. Enjoy this trip through the show's own history, and I'll see you back here on January 2nd with a batch of brand new episodes. See you then. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Christopher Hasiotis. Your host filling in this week for Tracy V. Wilson. Today is December 15th, and Sitting Bull was killed on this day in 1890. Born around 1831, Sitting Bull was a member of the Hunkpapa community. Now, that's one of seven distinct Native American groups that make up the Lakota tribe. Family history says that Sitting Bull was born in the Dakota Territory, in what's today's southeastern Montana, though you'll also find a lot of references to him being born in what's South Dakota. At the time, though, he wasn't known as Sitting Bull, His childhood name was Jumping Badger, but after an act of bravery in a raid on a crow camp when he was 14 years old, Jumping Badger received the name Tatanka Iotake, or Sitting Bull. Over the next several decades, Sitting Bull, who became a leader, and his people had contact with the white people traveling westward, but as the Lakota lands were further north than most transcontinental routes, it wasn't as constant as with other tribes. But the Hunkpapa and Lakota couldn't avoid the increasing tension between Native Americans and the invading forces of the United States, both military and civilian. By this time, Sitting Bull had become a political, military, and spiritual leader of his people. Over the years, he grew cognizant of the reality of the invasion and conquest. He learned of conditions and reservations from other tribal leaders, for instance. And he continually warned his followers that were their people to survive as free Indians, their fates would be intrinsically tied to that of the bison that populated North America— And those bison were such a valuable resource to many Native people. So Sitting Bull led guerrilla attacks over the years and was involved in a number of notable conflicts, from the Battle of Kildeer Mountain to Red Cloud's War, and from the Great Sioux War to the Battle of Little Bighorn. Now that famed battle is when Custer's 7th Cavalry attacked Cheyenne and Lakota encampments near the Little Bighorn River, 
which to the Lakota was known as the Greasy Grass River. But more than 2,000 warriors were following Sitting Bull at that point, and they overwhelmed the attackers and successfully defended themselves. The U.S. public reacted with shock at Custer's defeat, considering it a massacre, and thousands of soldiers were sent to fight the Lakota tribes. Sitting Bull eventually surrendered six years later on July 19, 1881. And over the last decade of his life, he served time as a prisoner of war and was eventually housed at the Standing Rock Reservation in South Dakota. He was allowed to leave to tour with Buffalo Bill Cody's Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Sitting Bull met and befriended Annie Oakley. He posed for pictures. He signed autographs. And the money that he raised doing that, he is said to have often given away to beggars and homeless people he encountered. He also became involved in the ghost dance spiritual movement, and this became pivotal in what ended up becoming Sitting Bull's end. After returning to Standing Rock, he eventually died on December 15, 1890. And what happened is, a government representative named James McLaughlin was afraid that Sitting Bull was planning to leave the reservation with the ghost dancers and ordered him arrested by reservation police. Around 5.30 a.m. on December 15th, a number of police officers led by Lieutenant Henry Bullhead and four volunteers surrounded Sitting Bull's house and tried to arrest him. Sitting Bull and his wife delayed the arrest as his followers gathered, and when police ordered Sitting Bull atop a horse, he resisted, and the police responded with force. A Lakota warrior named Catch the Bear fired a rifle at Lieutenant Bullhead, who then fired his pistol at Sitting Bull. Another policeman fired at Sitting Bull as well. The Lakota leader was struck in the chest and head and died soon thereafter. A fight broke out, and in total, 16 people died. Eight policemen, eight tribesmen. Sitting Bull's body was taken to Fort Yates and buried nearby, but in 1953, family members exhumed what they believed to be his remains and buried them near what then was believed to be his birthplace in South Dakota. A number of monuments to Sitting Bull now exist across the United States. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever else you like to find your podcasts. Please come back for our next episode, where we'll discuss a notable get-together on a boat. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
Hi again, everyone. I'm Eves, and you're listening to This Day in History class, where instead of going back to the future, we go back to the past. The day was December 15, 1875. Emilio Jacinto, a revolutionary during the Philippine Revolution, was born. Jacinto was born in Tondo, Manila, to Mariano Jacinto and Josefa Dison. His father, Mariano, died when he was young. His maternal uncle, Jose Dison, helped support him. Not much is known about Jacinto's childhood, but it is known that he was fluent in Spanish and Tagalog. He attended the San Juan de Letran College in Manila, transferring later to the University of Santo Tomas to study law. But his opposition to Spanish colonial rule in the Philippines drove him to leave school and join a revolutionary group called the Katipunan. The Spanish began colonizing the Philippines in the mid-1500s, after Spanish navigator Miguel López de Legazpi arrived with an expedition. Spanish colonial rule was marked by the Christianization of Filipinos in a powerful church, investment in education, and the development of an indigenous upper class and educated middle class, among other major political and social shifts. There had been some resistance to Spanish rule over the years, but by the 19th century, ideas of Philippine independence began to spread. In 1872, Filipino priests Mariano Gomez, Jose Burgos, and Jacinto Zamora, collectively known as Gombursa, were executed by Spanish authorities for their alleged involvement with the Cavite Mutiny, an uprising of Filipino troops and workers. This inspired reform-minded Filipino students who went to Europe to study to form the propaganda movement. Jose Rizal was one of the movement's most prominent leaders, and his writings galvanized people into fighting for Philippine independence. Motivated by these Spanish crackdowns on the nationalist movement and growing resistance to Spanish authority, the Katipunan formed as a secret revolutionary society. Andres Bonifacio, a warehouse clerk, led the society, which called for the expulsion of the Spanish from the Philippines and prepared for armed rebellion. Jacinto served as fiscal advisor and secretary to Bonifacio. He also wrote manifestos, articles, and poetry for the society's newspaper, the Kalayaan. He wrote the society's official handbook, which detailed its rules and principles for new and existing members. And he became a general in the society's guerrilla army. Membership in the Katipunan grew substantially, and the Spanish discovered the society. The Philippine Revolution broke out in 1896. That same year, the Spanish executed Rizal. But in 1897, Emilio Aguinaldo, who led the Magdalo faction of the Katipunan, made himself president of the revolutionary government and ordered the execution of Bonifacio. Jacinto carried on Bonifacio's legacy of fighting the Spanish, but he refused to join the Magdalo faction under Aguinaldo. In 1898, Jacinto's leg was injured while fighting in Laguna, a province southeast of Manila. He died at age 23 after contracting malaria. Initially buried in Laguna, his remains were later transferred to Manila North Cemetery and again to Himalayang Pilipino Memorial Park. Filipino revolutionary forces declared Philippine independence from Spanish rule in 1898, but the U.S. soon annexed the Philippines as part of its peace treaty with Spain, and resistance efforts persisted. 
I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHC Podcast. Or you can go the old-fashioned route and send us an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. We're here every day, so you know where to find us. Bye. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play hello and welcome to this day in history class a show that shines a light on the ups and downs of everyday history i'm gabe luzier and in this episode we're looking at the day when america's number one band leader went missing in action The day was December 15, 1944. American bandleader Glenn Miller went missing while flying over the English Channel aboard a military aircraft bound for France. Miller had made a name for himself during the tail end of the big band swing era, but when the U.S. entered the Second World War, he set aside his commercial career to serve as the leader of the U.S. Army Air Force Band. It was this role that had brought him to an airfield outside of London in mid-December. The plan was for Miller to fly to France, make arrangements for the rest of his band to follow, and then perform live for the Allied troops who had recently liberated Paris. Tragically, the small, single-engine plane never arrived at its destination. It's believed that bad weather brought the plane down somewhere over the English Channel, but the exact cause of the fatal crash remains a mystery. Alton Glenn Miller was born in Iowa on March 4, 1904. His family moved to Grant City, Missouri in 1915, and around that time, Miller began milking cows to earn money. He eventually earned enough to buy his first trombone, which he played in the town orchestra. 
His family moved again in 1918, this time settling in Fort Morgan, Colorado, where he would spend the rest of his childhood. After high school, he briefly attended college in Boulder, but dropped out to pursue a career in music full-time. Miller got his start arranging and composing music for other popular bands, but it's as the leader of his own band that Miller really flourished. He and his orchestra performed at ballrooms and hotels across the country, and eventually made a fortune in record sales. Miller's innovative style led to a string of hits from 1938 to 1942, including Tuxedo Junction, Chattanooga Choo Choo, and of course, his iconic take on In the Mood. Miller didn't write any of those songs himself, though his unique arrangements did become the most popular versions. Also, you're probably familiar with at least one song he penned himself, 1939's Moonlight Serenade. Within a span of four short years, the Glenn Miller Orchestra racked up 16 number one hits and 69 top 10 hits. That's more than Elvis Presley or the Beatles managed in their entire careers. At the height of this success, the United States officially entered World War II. Miller quickly volunteered his talents for the war effort. He directed his orchestra for a final concert on September 27, 1942, and joined the Army Air Forces soon after. Miller told his superiors that he wanted to lead a, quote, modernized army band to help boost morale both abroad and at home. At first, this mission took the form of a weekly radio program called I Sustain the Wings. The show featured Miller and his band performing live and was broadcast out of New York City. After two years on the job, Miller's show had grown so successful that he was sent overseas to perform for troops in person. He and his greatly expanded 50-piece band left for England in the summer of 1944. They gave over 800 performances in England alone, but the tour took them pretty much anywhere Allied troops were stationed. By mid-December, they had been touring for six months, and though no one knew it at the time, they had already played their last show together. On December 15th, Glenn Miller, now an Army Major, arrived at Twinwood Airfield in Bedford, about 60 miles north of London. It was a foggy afternoon, which raised concerns about visibility, but it was eventually decided that the short flight to France would proceed as scheduled. Shortly before 2 p.m., Miller boarded a small Norseman plane along with two other U.S. military officers, the flight organizer, Lieutenant Colonel Norman Basil, and the pilot, John Morgan. According to Miller's assistant, who was present that day, the band leader noted that there were no parachutes on the aircraft. When he stepped aboard, he spoke his last recorded words, Norm, where are the parachutes? 
Basil's reply, though intended as a joke, was chilling. He said, What's the matter, Miller? Do you want to live forever? Nine days later, on Christmas Eve, BBC and CBS finally broke the news that the plane and its crew were missing. The wreckage of the plane was never found, nor were the bodies of its passengers, leaving little evidence of what actually caused the crash. Of course, there's been no shortage of theories regarding the truth of Glenn Miller's disappearance. One popular idea, though eventually debunked, was that the plane had been struck by friendly fire. Another suggestion was that Miller was actually a spy who had given his life on a daring secret mission to end the war. More dubious theories include the idea that Miller faked his own death and then moved to Argentina to start a new life away from his wife and two children. Things only get more absurd from there, with uh, some people proposing that Miller was killed by mobsters, and others saying that his plane flew into some kind of black hole, similar to the Bermuda Triangle. In recent years, new discoveries have provided fresh and more plausible leads to follow. For example, a researcher named Dennis Sprague believes the plane crashed because its fuel intakes had frozen. In his work as a senior consultant to the Glenn Miller Archive at the University of Colorado, Sprague developed his theory based on military documents that had been overlooked for decades. Using an entry in an aircraft spotter's log, Sprague was able to determine that the plane was flying low at the time of its last sighting, presumably due to poor visibility from the fog. Sprague believes that the plane's close proximity to the water below caused its fuel lines to freeze, which in turn stopped the engine. Without power, the plane would have plunged into the water within eight seconds, killing everyone on board almost instantly. It may not be as flashy an explanation as a double life or a portal to another universe, but it's likely much closer to what actually happened. Glenn Miller's death at age 40 was an untimely and tragic accident, but his music and his legacy of service live on. Today, live music remains an important feature of military life. Most branches have their own marching bands and orchestras, as well as countless groups that specialize in jazz, rock, or country. And of course, the USO, which was created just one year before Miller enlisted, continues to bring live entertainment to service members around the globe. That culture of music within the modern American military can be traced directly back to Glenn Miller's Army Air Force Band. He may not have been crowned the King of Swing like Benny Goodman, but his mark on music history has been every bit as lasting. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed the show, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. We'd especially like to hear from anyone who's passed through a portal over the English Channel. Did you experience any side effects? And if so, were they worth it? Thanks as always to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. 
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.